And uh, tonight I want to talk about, man, I've got a message tonight. I just want to uh, encourage you, to inspire you, to lift you up. I want to challenge where you're at, and uh, I'm going to do it all hopefully in about uh, 15, 20 minutes. So that's going to be fantastic. <laughs> yeah, here we go. Tonight I want to talk about shifting the power. Shifting the power. Tell the person next to you, you've got to shift the power. You've got to shift the power. You know, what, what, one of the last songs, the, one of the last worship songs we were singing, the, the, part, the, the end part of it was singing, uh, Jesus reigns, Jesus reigns, Jesus reigns, Jesus reigns. Jesus reigns. Of course Jesus reigns. We, all, we can all sing that here right now. But what does it actually mean for Jesus to actually reign? I mean, right now, the person of Jesus Christ is seated. The Bible says he is seated at the right hand of the Father, and all power and authority has been given unto him. So Jesus reigns in the Spirit. Jesus is sitting right beside the Heavenly Father right now, and all power and authority has been given to him. But we are also uh, um, the body of Christ. I mean, the, 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 the Bible describes the church as, as the body of Christ. And it's not just that Christ reigns on the cross, but it's, that it, but it's also that his body, the church, also reigns on the earth. So you and, I right now are the, you and I right now are the body of Christ. And if Jesus reigns in heaven, then surely his body must reign on earth. If his body, if his church is not reigning on earth, then something is wrong. There's something, something in the spirit has changed. Something in the spirit is not right. Either Jesus is not on the throne or somehow the church is not standing up and claiming the victory. So Jesus, yes, he certainly walked on water, man. He, he moved in miracles. He, he triumphed over poverty. But so often the church, different ones, you and I, can struggle with poverty. We can sometimes struggle with rejection. And it's not, um, it's not actually that Christ is reigning through us, but it's actually a something else, a different power. Even though we're a Christian, even though we come to church, there's often a different power that's operating over our life. So, yeah, so it's easy to come to church and sing Jesus reigns. But often, I don't know about you, but there's been times when I've come and I've been singing Jesus reigns, Jesus reigns, Jesus reigns. But it's not coming out of my spirit. On the inside, I know, man, I'm not reigning in life at all. For some of you here tonight, you'll be singing those words, but there's a different power has got its hold upon your life. And tonight, I want to try, I want to talk in two dimensions tonight. Um, I want to speak, I want to. I want to sort of refer corporately, and I also want to refer uh, to individuals because because it's actually, if you look at the corporate, it's like if you look at the nation, for example, or the church, it's made up of a lot of individuals. So if you want to change the nation, you start to change the individuals one by one. So that's how you win a nation. That's how you can change an atmosphere over a nation. For example, if you look at if you look at New Zealand right now, there is a power that reigns over New Zealand. There are different principalities. There are different principalities and powers that reign over New Zealand. And uh, for, for for many of us, we're not happy with the uh, you know we're aware that there's something wrong. I mean, if you if you're not aware, you don't have to look at the newspapers to to see uh, the amount of people that are, are getting hooked on drugs, the amount of people that are committing suicide, the amount of people that are having abortions, the amount of people that are living in debt, the amount of people that are living in poverty, the amount of people that are living in sickness, the amount of people that are that are, that, are, that are wasting their lives away. Everybody talks about that, and we all come down to the fact that if the government was changed, things would be better. It's not going to happen, friends. 
And it's not going to happen, friends. A government is only interested, generally only interested in, in one thing, that is to retain power. It doesn't matter if there's the National Party in, it doesn't matter if there's the ACT Party in, it doesn't matter what party is in, even if the Christian Party was in, it wouldn't matter diddly squat. Because that doesn't determine the power, that doesn't determine the atmosphere that sits over the nation. If a Christian government got into, in, into Parliament, I don't believe for one minute everything was, everything's going to change because I don't believe it works like that. Let me tell you how I believe it works. I believe that it works if you want to learn to shift the power over a school, if you want to learn to shift the power over a, new, over a nation, if you want to shift the power over, a, over your neighborhood, it all starts with you. Because you are, the Bible says, an ambassador of Christ. You are an ambassador. You are one sent from God into this place to, to, to bring his kingdom here onto earth. It's not, it's not on the government's shoulders to do that. It won't happen like that. If you look, in the, if you look in, the, in, in the Bible, when the city of Samaria was surrounded and there was a famine in the land, it wasn't, it wasn't the king that brought a, 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 a sound of victory. It wasn't the king that changed the, uh, the government that changed the, the atmosphere. It was four lepers men. So it's actually individual people, like you and I. So, that, so a nation or a church or a school, it, it's, it's made up of, of individual people like you and I. And, that, and the way you can change that is by you making the decision right now that you'll live under a different power. You'll live under a different atmosphere on your life. And if you start to make a decision and start to walk under a different power, is that when, you start, when you receive Christ and you start to live as an ambassador of Christ and actually walk under a different spirit, under a different power, you will eventually affect the people around you. And as you affect the people around you, other people are going to change as well. Other people will get a hold of that atmosphere. Under people, other people will come under that anointing, that presence, and that, 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 that spirit will eventually change. It won't just happen overnight, but it will happen. That is the reason why we, like, we need to be discipled. That is the reason why we've got to daily get into the Word. That is the reason why we've got to daily, um, uh, daily get into the presence of God. And so I want to challenge you tonight. It's like you may be here in this place, but you may have a power of rejection over your life. You may be in this place, and you may have a power of, of poverty over your family. You may be in this place and love Jesus, but there may be a power of debt upon your life. But friends, I want to encourage you and I want to challenge you tonight that, there, that it, it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be that way. And tonight we're going to talk about shifting the power. And I believe that tonight the power is going to shift on some of your lives. Because I believe that right now as the church, we are in one of the most exciting times that you and I could ever live in. As, a, as the church in general, but also as Bay City Outreach Center. If you're a member of Bay City Outreach Center, man, this is the most exciting time that you could be in this place right now. Because I tell you, things are about to change. Things are about to grow. Things, I mean, it's been prophesied over the last number of years. But I believe right now... I mean, there's something in the atmosphere. There's, there's something there that's saying, oh, we're too small. We're too small. We need to get bigger. We need to, this place is a little bit, uh, feel, feel boxed in. If, you are, if you're sensitive to the atmosphere, you'll understand, you'll sense right now, it's time to get large. It's time to get bigger. It's time to expand. It's time to take our city. The Bible says, Paul um, speaks to uh, uh, Timothy 
uh, speaks to Titus as in um, Titus chapter 1, verse 5. And it says, for this reason, I've left you in Crete, that you may change the atmosphere. For this reason, I've placed you in the place that I've put you, that you may shift the power, that you may transform your neighborhood, that you may transform your school. For this reason, I've set you in this place. For this reason, you are in the neighborhood that you are in. For this reason, you are in the school that you are in. Because these people in there, they need to hear a message of hope. They need to experience something else. And you're the channel. You're my channel for that place. You are my ambassador. And so God has given you and I an awesome responsibility. But if we are unable to shift the atmosphere, if we are unable to shift predominating powers over off, off our life, man, we've got no chance of, of shifting over off a school. It's got to start with you and I every day. And we're going to just quickly look at one of the most exciting times in history. I mean, there's been plenty of exciting times in history. But this one here, man, maybe this one is a cracker. And... Um, this is what we're going to look at in, in, in uh, where is it? Acts chapter 1. This is one of my favorite um, passages of Scripture. And this is where the church as we know it was birthed. The church as we know it was birthed. And so for, for many years beforehand, there was, um, uh, you know, there's been prophesied a Messiah that would come and, and, and bring another kingdom into this earth. And so previous to that, Jesus Christ walked upon the earth and he, he moved in miracles and he, he started to shift the powers of people's lives where people would suffer with leprosy, where people had lost, lost their sons and daughters, where there were blind people, where there were dead people. He came in and he started to shift the power where people were living under oppression, where people were living under poverty, where people were living under the influence of the devil. He came and shifted the power. The Bible said, for this reason, the Son of Man was made manifest, that he would destroy the works of the devil. The devil. The Bible says, he says in John 10, he said, the devil has come to rob, steal, and destroy, but I've come to shift his power. I've come to shift his influence off, and I've come to bring life and bring it to abundance. Friends, that is the reason why Jesus came into this earth, that you and I and your friends at school and your neighborhood would have life and have life in abundance. And he wants to do it through you. So, and he wants to do it through the church. So as Jesus begins to walk on this earth and start to shift the atmosphere and started to shift the powers, uh, you know, the way he's, he had to extend that work in some way. So he started to call 12, 12 disciples and he started to train them and started to mentor them and started to bring uh, truth into their lives and started to shape them and started to correct them. And they always had the option to quit. They always had the option to quit, but they never quit. They stuck at it and stuck at it and stuck at it and stuck at them and, and, and maintained their relationship with Jesus Christ. And then one day came the time where Jesus had to leave the earth. And where, where, where Jesus was anointed, where the Bible says he was anointed with the power of the Holy Spirit. And where the anointing was rested upon Christ's life, now it was the disciples' turn to carry it. And so, that, so what happens is Jesus starts to, he starts to release the anointing upon their lives. And we start to read in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. He says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. So there was a transference of power. There was a transference of power from Jesus now onto his disciples. And they were going to be the ones that would carry, the, um, carry out the work that, that, that Jesus started. And so as you start to see that the disciples started to receive the power, and, um, and it says here, uh, one of the things that they would do is they would continue to pray. And uh, in verse 14 it says, and, and they continued with one accord. 
continued with one accord in prayer and supplication. One of the first ways you're going to do to shift the power over your life, over, over an atmosphere, over a school, over a neighborhood, is, man, you've got to pray. You've got to pray. You've got to pray in one accord. And the Bible says here, and they continued to pray. It wasn't just a, a, a prayer once a week. It wasn't just a prayer once a month. It wasn't just grace or anything like that. It was continual praying, pressing and believing for, believing for the power of the Holy Spirit because they've been promised a power. They've been promised the Holy Spirit. And so instead of just sitting there waiting for that promise to come, they would every day get in. God, send your promises. I'm believing for this power. I'm believing for the promise that you said that you would come upon my life. So maybe there are promises that God has spoken over your life. Man, they ain't going to just come just because you're sitting there. They're going to come because you lay a hold of them in faith and that you continue to lay a hold of them. So these disciples, it says they continued with one accord. In other words, they were in unity. They were in unity. They made the one sound. They weren't making all different sounds, but together they were believing that God would come and change the world. And so they... The Bible says that they continued in prayer in, verse, in chapter 2 of Acts. It says in verse 1, Now when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord. All with one accord. Everybody say all. All. They were all with one accord. Everybody say one accord. They were together. There was power in togetherness. There was, a power, in the, there was power in unity. The Bible says that when there is unity, God commands a blessing. So they were all with one accord. In other words, they were all together. They were all singing the same song. They were all going the same direction. They were all with one spirit. It wasn't one going one way and one going the other way and one believing for this and one believing for that. No, 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 baby. They were all together in one place with one accord, believing for the power of God to come upon their lives and to change the world. One of the first things you've got to have is is you've got to have unity and you've got to be praying. And so they're saying in verse 2, then suddenly the sound, there was a sound like a mo- from heaven, and it was like a mighty rushing wind. It wasn't a mighty w- rushing wind. It was like a mighty rushing wind. And that mighty rushing wind was the power. It is the Holy Spirit. Friends, the Holy Spirit is not a wind. He is a person, but he comes like a mighty rushing wind. That is the power of our God. That is who the Holy Spirit is like. You want to stand outside sometime and, and hear the power of the wind. Phenomenal strength. Phenomenal strength. The Holy Spirit is not an it. He is a person. He is not a wind, but he is like a wind. He is not a fire, but he is, he is like a fire. But he, he's a person. It's the person of the Holy Spirit. If you want the power of the Holy Spirit, then you need to have a relationship with the person of the Holy Spirit. He is a person. You can't have a relationship with a wind. You can't have a relationship with a fire. You can't have a relationship with rain. You have a relationship with a person. So they continued to build relationship with the person of the Holy Spirit. And they same became a sound like a mighty rushing wind. And there appeared to them divided, and there, and there, then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. So as they were in one accord, all of a sudden, man, there was a mighty rushing wind. Fire came from heaven, and upon every person, people could see fire. Fire on people's lives. It was like, it was a fire burning. I, I, I don't know whether it was an actual fire, or people saw fire, but it was the Holy Spirit fire coming upon people's lives. Friends, one of the things we need to shift the atmosphere around our lives is the fire of the Holy Spirit. Like I said, he is not a fire, but he is like a fire. 
There's a big difference being between being actually a fire and being like a fire. He is a person. They all began to fill with the Holy Spirit. And then, so we, here we have this amazing, amazing encounter with God where all of a sudden something happens in the atmosphere. Something happens in the atmosphere upon these people's lives. And this is, friend, this is where the church, as we know it today, first started. So the Bible says that they started speaking in new tongues and, and then uh, things started to happen and Peter got up to speak. And, uh, and this is where the church started, friends. This is where it all began. And the Bible says it continues to get, continues on, and they, um, and, uh, and 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 the Bible says that three thousand people were added to the church in one day. Three thousand people added to the church in one day. Absolutely fantastic thing. And then they all started to, they all continued. The Bible says they all continued in prayer. And as they continued in prayer, as they continued in faith, God started to add daily those that are coming to the church. God started to add daily those people that would come. Friends, you've got to understand that it was not different sounds. It was a one single sound. So as the church started to progress, man, what an exciting time to live in. What an exciting time to live in. The fire of the Holy Ghost. There was a transform, there was a transforming. There was a, there was a, there was a, sorry, there was a transitioning of the power that was upon Jesus onto the power that was on his disciples. Now the power came and started to come upon the church. And I don't know about you, but friends, that is a fantastic thing because that is the same fire, that is the same spirit that was with Jesus when he walked on this earth. That was the same fire that was with Jesus when he spoke to Lazarus and said, come out of that tomb, boy. That was the same, Lazarus, that was the same Holy Spirit that was on Jesus when he said to the, to the waves and the storm, he said, silence and be still. That same Holy Spirit, friends, is here. Right now. His same Holy Spirit, when you give your heart to Him, when you invite Him to come into your life, that is the same Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit that was with Jesus when He walked on this earth is walking in this place now, looking, wanting to move inside of your heart. The question is, are we in prayer? Are we in a place where we can receive that? Are we in a place where we can receive His power, where we can receive His presence? Are we with one accord? Or are we believing for all sorts of different things? And so this exciting time as the, as the Holy Spirit started to get power, started to move powerfully on people's lives. And then, then, then Peter, he's, he's walking up to the, he's walking through the streets and he sees this lame man and he's, he's looking at this guy and said, man, I remember Jesus did that and, man, the same fire came upon me. So I don't feel nothing, but man, I'm just going to go and grab that guy's hand and haul him up. Reached out his hand, hauled up the people. So all of a sudden, the supernatural started to happen. Friends, there was a there was a shifting on the power over that city. There was a shifting of power. There was a shifting of the atmosphere over people's lives. It's exactly what we need in this place right now. And so they began to preach and, and started to, as you can imagine, as the Spirit of God starts to move, as the kingdom of God starts to advance, there is going to be opposition, man. There will be opposition. You know all about that, John. <laughs> yeah. So you're either in one kingdom or another kingdom. You're either in the kingdom of God or you're in the kingdom of darkness. There is no in between. And when one kingdom advances against another, there will be pressure, there will be conflict. So when you start to, you want the kingdom of God to come and manifest in your life, 
there will be pressure. There will be issues that come to the surface. That's the kingdom starting to move inside of your life. And so, and of course, when these are, I mean, everybody knew that Jesus moved to miracles because they all saw these miracles. But when Peter, when the apostles, and when the disciples started to move in miracles, when the church started to arise, see, friends, they thought when Jesus died, that was it. The church, that was it, no more. But friends, when the church started to arise, when the church started to lay a hold of what Christ had called us to do, Man, people started to get scared. It started to shift the atmosphere. Friend, it wasn't that it well, it wasn't the magistrates, it wasn't the, the town mayor, it wasn't anyone else that shifted the atmosphere. It was the church standing up in prayer. It was the church activating. It was the power of the Holy Spirit moving strong upon the church. That's what started to shift the atmosphere. Not the town mayor. Not the government. Not Caesar. It was the church that started to do it. Why? Because they were in one accord. They were in prayer. They were believing. And it started to say in, verse, in chapter 4 of, verse, of, chapter, of Acts, and it says in verse 13, it said, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, everybody say boldness. Yeah, boldness, man. I don't know about you, but sometimes I don't feel bold. The Bible never says you're going to feel bold. The Bible says be bold. You can be bold but still feel fear. Yeah, I went out hunting the other day, and I, li- I like hunting. I-, I like hunting pigs, and um, sometimes pigs get very, very angry. They want to—they've got these big, long teeth, and they want to—you know—they cut you up. And um, and I was—I was there, and these—we um, we hunt them with dogs. And I'm not going to go any—I won't—I <laughs> won't try and describe it to you or anything like that. But these um, man, it's an exciting time, but it's like. You, you, you see this boar, man, and he's like, you know, he's pretty big and he's pretty strong. And his dogs are all excited. And he's got these big teeth, and this, this pig can kill a dog, and um, he can kill a dog no problem. And this thing's angry, man. He's if you want, if you get too close to him, man, he's going to take a swipe at you, and you're going to be hurt. And um, but the exciting thing, and so it's like you look at this thing, and if, somehow you've got to. Uh, you, the goal is not to use a gun because guns cheating. You actually got to use, you, you got to use a knife. You've got to get there in your hands. <laughs> You've got to lay a hold of it with your hands. And so when you get this angry pig, and um, man, there's something inside, man. It's like you're a little bit nervous. It's like you feel fear, but you've sort of got to be bold because if you go in there full of fear and without any boldness, maybe you're going to get hurt. <laughs> and, it's, and it's not going to be the pig. See, even though you feel afraid, man, you've got to go in there and just... You don't feel bold. <laughs> you don't feel bold when there's something when you're in the face of pressure. But you've got to be bold anyway. You just got to make that decision and say, oh, "Yeah, maybe get hurt, but if I go in half-hearted, man, I'm going to get really damaged up. So, man, I'm just going to go full on boots and all. I'm going to grab that boy. And when you grab that boy with boldness, man, he knows who's boss. <laughs> you want to come out with me sometime? <laughs> it's great for you. It's great to get over. It's, it's, it's a great tool to help you overcome fear. So boldness. So Peter began to speak the word of God with boldness. And, uh, and so people, uh, people got really upset. The Bible says there, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. Now, I bet you that Peter and John didn't feel bold. I reckon they felt pretty nervous. I think they felt pretty uh, excited, but pretty nervous. But they chose to be bold. 
They chose to say, hey, man, I'm going to get out there and do it anyway. I'm going to give it 100%. Even though I feel fear, even though I'm going to feel afraid, I'm still going to shift it out there because I'm not going to let fear be the ruling atmosphere over my life. I'm not. And so, Peter said, and so they saw the boldness of Peter and John. And it says, then they realized that they had been with Jesus. And when they realized that they had been with Jesus, they started to put pressure on them. And they started to, uh, it's like something inside of them started to get angry. And that is because the kingdom of God had started to increase upon the earth. And so there was an opposition. And so it says here, what shall we do with these men? For indeed, a notable miracle has been done through them. Is it evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem? And we cannot deny it. So everybody could say, hey man, there's a miracle that happened. We can't deny it, there was a miracle happened. But the very first thing they, they, they said after that, it says, but so that it doesn't spread any further among the people. Let us severely threaten them. From now on, they speak to no man in this name. And so they call. So here you go, Peter and John. They've moved out boldly, and, 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 and they've done a fantastic thing. This guy had been lame for 40 years, can walk, and everybody could see it. But their response was, mate, we're going to try and close this down. There's no way we're going to let you start to spread like that. And so they brought Peter and John to them and said, that was good, but you ain't going to do this anymore. You're not going to step out in boldness anymore. You're not going to step out and shift the atmosphere anymore. You're not going to do that anymore. Because if you do, man, we're going to whip you, boy. We are going to whip you. And so for some of you, you feel... um, uh, some of you, you'd feel the call of God around your life. You feel the call of God wanting to reach out to your school. But sometimes there's this atmosphere that comes around your life. There's a spirit. You love God. You come to church. But often there's a, there's a spirit or there's an atmosphere that comes over your life. There's a power that comes and starts to oppress you and starts to push you back. Starts to threaten you. Maybe the devil today threatens you with fear. Maybe he threatens you with intimidation. Maybe he threatens you today with poverty. Maybe he threatens you today with, with depression. Maybe he threatens you with, I don't know, maybe he, whatever he threatens with you today. Maybe he, I don't know. I mean, for every one of us, it's different. But when you start to step out, when the, when the call of God is strong and the kingdom of God starts to advance, there will be opposition. There will be pressure. And so these guys call Peter and John and they threaten them and say, no more. And so... Peter and John, instead of saying, oh, oh, sorry, oh, okay, we won't do that anymore. What you've got to understand that it wasn't just a matter of threatening. There was a, there was a jostling of power, that who was going to have power in, in the spirit? Because if you want to change, change what's in the natural, have the power in the spirit first. You've got to carry the power of your life first. As you carry, as you carry the atmosphere of, of God over your life, you'll affect, the, you'll, you'll, you'll affect the natural. Understand that the first words that were spoken from God was, let there be light. First thing he did was he created atmosphere, and then he changed the natural. So they threatened Peter and John, and then their response was, hey, for we cannot but speak the things that we have seen and heard. So when they had further threatened them, so you've got to understand, when they, they threatened them the first time, their response was this. <laughs> I know. I'm convinced about what I believe. I, 
If you just have seen what I've seen, if you know what I've known, if you experience what I've experienced, you would know, you would understand that I can't stay silent about what I've seen. I can't stay silent about what Christ has done in my life. I can't stay silent that the fact that he has brought me out of the pit of miry clay. I can't stay silent about the fact that he's done miracles. I can't stay silent. But friend, that's sadly where a lot of the church is at. We stay silent. Don't speak about the miracles. Don't speak about your breakthroughs. Oh, come on, man. Somebody's dependent upon your testimony. Somebody's breakthrough is dependent upon your breakthrough. Speak about it when God does something truly in your life, when you truly encounter God, when you are truly convinced of his presence, when you are truly convinced of his power. Friends, there are nothing that can stop you. And so he says, he says, but if you understand, for we cannot but speak the things from which we have seen and both heard. And so and then he says, okay, we're going to threaten you some more. If you do this, then we're going to whip you more than we've whipped you before. Boy, we're going to put you in jail. We're going to threaten you with this. We're going to take off your, we're going to cut your salary, man. We're going to, we're going to get you to pay more taxes. We're going to, we're going to put you in front of the class and make a mocking spectacle of you. Man, we are going to, we're going to threaten you. We're going to hurt you so bad, you ain't going to never, ever want to mention the name of Jesus again. Why is it? That we live in a society, a society so tolerant of, of so many things except the name of Jesus. It's not a coincidence that happened, that happens. It's a spiritual thing. It's because it, it, it's the same thing that's happening here. That the powers, ruling powers, ruling spirits do not want the church to start to stand up and say, hey, Jesus is alive. There is a way that you can get rid of that depression. There is a way that you can get rid of that debt. There is a way that there is a cure for suicide. You don't need weeks and weeks of counseling and all these tablets and all that sort of stuff, man. And you don't, you don't need all this stuff, all these diets and all this for your, for your sickness, man. There's a power that can loose its hold off your life. You don't need to go to the psych unit for the rest of the next 25 years to secure you all your stuff. Man, there is a power that I know that can set you free. That is the church that God designed. <laughs> and so there's a pressure that will come around the church when we start to stand up. When you start to stand up in your school, uh, just a little bit more than doing good deeds, uh, you'll notice a power come around your life. You'll notice, a, you'll notice opposition. But, and just and quickly wrapping up, he says, but when they had further threatened them, they let them go because there was, they found no way of punishing them. <laughs> and, they let go, and, then, and so what happens is they go back to the other people, the other believers, and said, hey, man, all these people, all these, all these authorities, man, they're threatening us. Man, man, they want to kill us. Man, some of them even say, man, I want to cut off your fingers. I want to cut off your toes. I want to do all these nasty things to you if we continue to speak about Jesus. If we continue to speak about what he has done. If we can continue to speak about what we've seen and what we've heard. We're going to start to really hurt you big. And so you look at the response. For many of us, when we start to get threatened, for whenever, whenever we start to feel a, 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 a opposition, whether that be in the way of rejection, whether that would be in the way of poverty, whether if your finances dry up or something like that, friends, you'll find this, that whenever you start to step out from God, something will start to come around your life. 
something will have a crack at you. I mean, I've, I've ministered with Dad in, 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 in some amazing meetings. And, um, man, we've seen so many people get set free. But straight afterwards, a word of rejection, man, it can just cut you straight to the bone. And you can either choose to live under that atmosphere or you can choose to live under a different atmosphere. I know from my life that, uh, and I know from Mum and Dad, some of, the, some of the best messages that have come across here have been at some of the most trying times where opposition have tried to come and close down in all sorts of circumstances. But you have a decision, you have a choice that you can live under one power or you can live under the power of Jesus Christ. Amen? And so they talked to the church about all these different things that they got threatened with. And then their response was instead of just turning up silent, instead of coming to church and sitting there, I don't want to lift my hands because I'm all rejected. I don't want to, lift, I don't want to pay my tithes. I don't want to give tithes because, well, I don't know, I've got no work. <laughs> A job to be taken away. They didn't respond like that. They responded, hey man, what an opportunity. As you start to read on, it says, for truly, in verse 27 of chapter 4, he says, for truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate. And it says, and, and with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together. And it says, to do whatever your hand your, and your purpose determined, therefore, to be done. It says, now, Lord, look at their threats and grant to us, give us boldness, Lord, that with all boldness, everybody say all boldness. All boldness. Come on, all boldness. All boldness. That your servants, grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Friends, you've got to understand that in a time where they've been threatened, in a time where they had every reason to sit there and feel sorry for themselves because they've been threatened. Friend, the thing is, what they didn't do was sit there and come to church and say, oh, somebody pray for me. They didn't do that, friends, because they knew. They had a decision that they would allow a different power to move upon their life. They knew that they had the power of the Holy Spirit upon their life. So instead of turning up, belly up like a lot of Christians do when they face oppositions, instead of doing that, they say, hey, God, give us more power. Give us boldness so that whenever they speak, whenever they oppose us, give us the strength that we would stand up. Friends, you've got to understand that something happens in the spirit world when that goes on. Something happens in the spirit world. The Bible says in, in, uh, in, um, in 2 Chronicles 16 verse 9, it says, For the eyes of the Lord roam to and fro over the earth, looking for hearts that are loyal so that he may show himself strong. And so when you are under opposition, when you are under pressure, when you are advancing the kingdom of God, when people are threatening you, when you have been threatened with poverty, when you have been threatened like this, when you make a decision to stand up and say, God, give us more boldness. God, give us the strength to, to stand up. We're not going to stay silent, but we're going to continue to street. We're going to continue to speak your word with boldness. We're going to continue to stretch out and, and, and believe for healing. Even though I've stretched out there and the person never got healed, even though I've stretched out there and they, they, they slapped me in the face, even though I, 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 I witnessed to that person and they, they swore at me, even though that happened, we're not going to stay silent. And the Bible says that, that when those 
you've got to understand, friend, that, the, that God looks upon your life. The eyes of the Lord are looking in this place right now, looking inside of your heart, looking inside of your circumstances. And he sees when you stand up. He sees, it when you, he sees that opposition that comes against you. And, he, and it's like all the eyes of heaven, the angels, are looking down right now singing, come on, baby, what are they going to do? Yeah, you're getting, opposed. you're getting opposed. Yeah, I know you've got debt, but what are you going to do? Because I own the cattle of a thousand hills. Even though you may be threatened with that, man, I overcame all that and my spirit lives within you. And he's looking, God, look at, look at that young man. Look at him. Is, is, is he, is he going to quit? No, don't, don't quit. Don't give up. Oh, no, don't give up. Oh, man, look at those prayers. And, the, and when you start to pray and start to believe in faith, look at what happens. And everybody says, and when they had prayed, the place where they had assembled together, assembled together, was shaken. And there, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they all spoke the word in boldness. Friends, you've got to understand, when God, when you start to stand up in the face of opposition, when you shift the power of your life, when you start to shift the power of, oppos- of, 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 of other people's lives, when you start to stand up and bring the kingdom of God into earth, and when you overcome opposition, I tell you, God stands up and goes, that's my boy. That's my boy. That shaking that they felt, I tell you, that was God stamping his foot, saying, that's my boy, that's my girl. That could be you. Just quickly rounding up, you want to start to shift the atmosphere of your life? First thing, truth. Jesus, Jesus said, I am the truth. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. You want to shift the power of your life? You want to shift the power of debt? Man, you've got to get it out in the open. The first thing to do is have truth around your life. You've got to come to Jesus. You've got to start to walk in the light. You've got to start to walk as an open book. In John 8, verse 32, it says, You know, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. You want to get out of debt? You may be a Christian, but you may be concealed in your finances. You may be here and your whole family has never, ever owned a house before. Man, bring it out to the light and say, you know, the reason we're not owning this house is because so much of us are smoking it and drinking it and gambling it away. You've got to bring it out to the light. You've got to allow the Holy Spirit to come upon your life. In John chapter 14, it say, in verse 17, it says, the spirit of truth is in you. Jesus talks about the spirit of the truth. The world cannot receive or the world cannot accept the spirit of truth. But he lives within you. And that's where things get sticky with the world. You know, that's where there's the area of conflict because they can't, people can't, you know, when you start to bring out the truth, man, the truth hurts. The reason we have all this in society, that, I mean, we can blame all these different things, but at the end of the day, the, the bottom line is, you know, fathers haven't got the guts to stand with their, their families anymore. Uh, people are doing this. The, the issue is sin. You can call it every excuse under the sun, but you've got to bring truth. You've got to bring truth in your life. When you start to bring truth in the different areas of your life, you'll start to bring a freedom. You'll start to have a freedom camera, and the atmosphere will change upon your life. When you live in deception, when you live in deceit, you'll be a cloud of, you'll be a dark cloud on your life. If your finances are in deception, if you're, man, there'll be a dark cloud over your finances. <laughs> First thing, man, we've got to have truth. You've got to speak the word of God. Gotta have the word. We've always got to be reading this. We're always and and this is what I was challenged about last week about just continually, daily getting into the word of God. Uh, 
The words that we speak, the words that come out of our mouth, are they words that build people up? Are they words that come down? As I said, the very first, the very first words spoken, God said, let there be light. The first thing he did was create an atmosphere with his words. So the words that you speak, oh, this place sucks. We should go there. Yeah, if those are the words that come out of your mouth, then it will suck. But if you speak faith, if you speak words that are upbuilding, I tell you, the place will be blessed. Hawke's Bay, Hastings is a great place. There's plenty of opportunity here. When you start to speak that, you continue to speak that, you'll start to see opportunity. There's plenty of jobs out there. Plenty of jobs. No jobs here for me. If you speak like that, there's going to be no jobs for you. You'll carry this sour grape thing over your life. So you just start to speak. Another one, prophetic prayer. Not just prayer. God, please save my school. I mean, that's, that's one way of praying. But prophetic prayer has power in it. There's something about prophetic prayer where you declare the word of God. Something happens. Something shifts. The Bible says in, in, uh, in Psalm 20, 29, the voice of the Lord is strong. The voice of the Lord is mighty. The voice of the Lord shakes the desert. The voice of the Lord splits the cedars in two. Father, I bring my school before you today. Father, I speak salvation over that place in Jesus' name. I stand against every spirit of depression. I stand against every spirit of suicide. I, break, I speak and release life into that place today. The voice of the Lord is strong. Where is that voice? When you receive Jesus, when you receive his spirit, he's in you. When you start to speak prophetically over your circumstance, when you speak prophetically over your situation, when you speak the word of God, the atmosphere will change like that. Just like that. Just like that. Speak prophetic word. Unity. Another one. Man, when you're together, when you stand together in unity, baby, there is power. We're two or more together together. God commands a blessing. We want to shift the atmosphere over our city. Friend, you're not going to do it by yourself. You're going to do it through the church. The Bible says, you know, one can put a 1,000 to flight, two can put 10,000 to flight. When you and I start to stand together in unity with one sound, with Pastor Mike and Joy, with the word of God that's been spoken to them, and not start following all these other different things, stand together in unity, the church will grow. There'll be more influence than you could ever have by yourself. You'll be able to shift the, we'll be able to shift the power over the communities just like that. Um, boldness. <laughs> you got to get out there and be bold, baby. You're not going to feel it, but you're going to have to be it. <laughs> Peter and John, man, they just spoke the word with boldness. Uh, just don't hold back. If you see a circumstance, man, I was proud of Becky the other day. Man, she went in boots and all, prayed for a person, and, and uh, they slapped her down a bit. But by hokey, man, I was proud of the fact that she got out and had a crack. And she was bold about it. You're a champion. You continue to do that. Uh, faith, you know, they moved it. We're going to have faith. Without faith, we can't please God. Without faith in our life, without faith, we won't move in the supernatural. When you start to move in the supernatural, you'll shake the atmosphere. When, you, when somebody who's been crippled for 40-odd years stands up on their feet and can walk, it's going to shake, it's going to transform the atmosphere. So you've got to have faith. You've got to believe in your heart. And uh, how does faith come? Faith comes by hearing and hearing and doing. Hearing the word of God and doing the word of God. Yeah? You start to hear the word, you start to do the word, you build faith inside of your life, you shift the atmosphere of your life. Another one always comes out through all of Acts was this. They continued with one accord steadfastly. <laughs> Don't quit. It's not going to happen straight away. They continued to work together with one accord. It's pretty simple, really. 
They persevered. They, they didn't quit. They didn't give up. There's always the option to quit. You always have the opportunity to walk away. But they persevered. They committed themselves to, hey, this is our place. This is the commission that God has given us. We're going to change this place, man. And last thing, loyalty. 2 Corinthians 16.9, the eyes of the Lord run to and from the earth, looking for hearts who are loyal, loyal to him, to whom he may so strong. Tonight, man, I believe that God wants to, first of all, shift the atmosphere over your life. And if you've got, tonight, if you're here and you've got depression over your life, first of all, I believe you need to have an encounter with truth. You need to get right down and get with somebody that can ask you the hard questions. There's plenty of people here that can do that. You've got to start to speak and declare the word of God over your life. You've got to start to speak. Man, if you're needing a job, man, don't just stand there and whinge about it. Every, every day, stand up and believe in faith. Thank you for that job coming today. Thank you for that sale of that house. Thank you for this. Thank you for that. Lord, I speak that over my life. When you start to do that, there'll be a, something that will come around your life. There'll be an atmosphere. There'll be a power shift over your life. And it's a shift over your life. It'll shift over somebody else's. It'll start to continue. And maybe in your school, when there's, there's stuff happening in your school that's not good, don't just sit there and whinge about it and say, if the government did that or the government did this. Man, you're the ambassador there. You shift the power of the school. You heard that testimony before? Amen? Fantastic. Hey, why don't you just close your eyes right now?